Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast for all things Irish dance. Today we have another incredible guest and one of our Move with Meg part-time coaches that we love to have as a part of our team and we have got Lauren Clark. Welcome Lauren. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited for this conversation because I feel like we're very similar but also very different so I'm excited to hear about your journey and how dancing has been for you and what you can sort of share with dancers that are listening that might be able to take something valuable away because everybody's story is different. Um, So a little mini intro for Lauren. She is from, oh my God, I I don't even know where. (laughs) No, it's kind of down. Oh, I did know. And (laughs) um, has an incredible, has had an incredible career of both competitive and um, now professional Irish dancing. So she was Ulster, an Irish national champion, um, achieving incredible spots at like the Worlds and All-Irelands, third at the All-Ireland Championships, top 10 in the Worlds twice. Mm-hmm. So really, really hit those peaks that lots of dancers will be aiming for, dreaming of even, and wishing that they could achieve. And then has gone on to be an incredible show dancer. Um, I can say that from my own experience. Of Lauren, so an incredible show dancer, dancing lead in so many different shows, um, really experienced on stage. Um, so we'll be chatting about that as well. So let's start with talk through your journey of like starting dance and a little bit about competitive life for you. Sure. Um, well, I started dancing when I was like, I was about four. So I was quite young. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. But the only reason I got into Irish dancing was because I was going on and on and on to my mom. I was like, I want a pair of dancing pumps. So she was like, oh, we'll try and get her into like ballet or something. But like yeah. there's no spaces for a ballet class. So my mom told me I was going to ballet, but it was actually Irish dancing. A reacher. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, this is a ballet class. And Did was, you want ballet pumps? Is that what you wanted? Yeah, I wanted a pair of a ballet pumps. That is so funny. I was thinking, why would anyone want a pair of like black? leather <laughs> Irish dancing shoes. I know, I know. So that is that's so good. Irish dancing, to be honest. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, I did my first competition when I was five, like a, a great competition. Nah. Um, but I think it was a bit of a slow burner. Like I didn't qualify for the world until I was about 12. Well, I don't know. Hi. Yeah. And so I did my first, I was 13 when I did my first world in Boston. Yeah, that every world's from then. So I think like my co- competitive career didn't really start until then. Like I didn't really take it completely seriously until then. That's quite interesting because you say Boston, and I was like, oh my god, that makes me feel so old. Like yeah. you were thirteen then, and I had finished twelve or something, wasn't it? And I had finished. Yeah, I was on tour. <laughs> wow, I am. <laughs> Maybe I'm not old. Maybe you're just super young. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> There's a bit of so, Talk to me about how that felt then. Were you aiming to qualify in those like two years before that you, that you could have danced at the world? Was that the aim or just not interested? It wasn't that I wasn't interested. It just, I never thought 
I would be that like I would qualify you know I just think I lacked a lot of confidence okay it's something I didn't really push myself for right and then so it was at the Ulsters and my mom was there with me and she was literally sitting reading a book when my uh, results were going because she was just like oh like nothing's gonna happen and the next thing it was like oh um congratulate our world qualifiers and I was like what? I was like what <laughs> is this actually happening like, at all like so that was a like that was a big shock for everyone really not just me like we were all like laughing at your mom sitting there reading re- re- and, and I was like mom I'm just qualified for Boston she was like what Seriously, like no of all the worlds you could qualify for as well the one that's the first one. Away. yeah i know what what was different that year then for you do you think dancing at that qualifying you think? i don't know what it was i think because i didn't even go in with the mindset of i need to qualify i was just i just went up to enjoy myself and have a good time and Some more relaxed almost yeah yeah no pressure yeah, yeah. and do you feel like that you carried that through then when you did go to the world championships or how was that journey then for you? Yeah, well, obviously I never didn't really know what to expect or anything, but obviously once I had qualified, my dance teacher was like, right, we need to work, kick right. it into oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. So this is like, this is where we're heading on. I was like, okay. <laughs> I actually, cause like when I was in class, I was just there for like a good time. Like I was never, well, I obviously I was like practicing and stuff, but I yeah. was never there for like, oh, I need to win this and I'm, gonna qualify for this or whatever yeah so when that happened like i was kicked into gear yeah it gives you, know? you a little bit of a <laughs> off we go now <laughs> yeah very so, good and then so from then then what was that journey because to achieve in top 10 twice how did that mm. change for you or was it the mindset was it attending the world championships and seeing a bigger goal or a bigger possibility oh, was that for you i think when i went to my first world i had no idea what to expect right like, because i wasn't even expecting to qualify do you know what i mean yeah. so when i went to that i was all about this like the first one was just about having a good time getting up on stage seeing what it was about and then i did happen like i recalled and i was like this is madness like i was just like this is madness i got like 49th or something it was like but near the bottom but you know i was like i still Regal, regal, but uh, huh? Yeah. So then I was like, okay, well, if I can do this, I can. If I put in more work, then who knows what can happen? Yeah. You know. I I feel like once I had that experience, I was a bit like, okay, I think I I could do this if I wanted to. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the next year when I tried to qualify, there was a bit more pressure because I'd done it once, I wanted to do it again, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. The mindset definitely was put into more, like, more positive, I suppose. Yeah, like, okay. And more sort of driven, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Like, I wanted to be more consistent. Like, I definitely wanted to be at class a lot more. I wanted to practice a lot more. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And so, every, like, every year. Do you feel like that simply might have been to do with the fact that you sort of had a goal, whereas previously you kind of didn't have that? Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, because I'd ha- I'd played at that world, I was mm. like, right, well, I want to go and I want to get better. Like, I want to beat that score. And every year I did. Yeah, every year. I did. So you went from like not not qualifying, yeah. then going to the world and recalling on forty ninth, and then just consistently improving from there. Every year I can I 
improved apart from the last two years. I got the same. I got the same place. Oh, okay, yeah. But that's amazing. From the last isn't it? Yeah. And for dancers that are listening that ha- that are under twelve, maybe hoping to qualify this year for under thirteen <laughs> next year, like look where Lauren then went on to come ten top ten in the world, not ten top ten in the world. So just because you're not there right now, everybody's journey is different. And some dancers will be there right now in the top 10 and they won't be in a few years' time. So just mm-hmm. trust the process. Trust your own journey. Well, 100%, yeah. And, and just stay consistent and believe in yourself. Like, that's the main thing. Consistent is, like, is really important. And then, like you said, believing in yourself. Yeah, like, if you don't believe, like, that's how this happened. Like, before, when I didn't qualify, I was like, oh, that's never going to be me. Yeah. And then when it did happen, I was like, oh, this, this can happen if yeah. I just... Tell myself I can't, you know? I, uh, like the complete in the mindset. Yeah, definitely, definitely makes it a lot easier. And I was talking to him. I did a workshop last night with a dancing school and I was talking to yeah. them about um, that same thing. It's like you have to give yourself evidence to be able to build your self-confidence and your self-belief. You have to find evidence. Now, there's evidence in every single day that we have. We just don't mm-hmm. track it. We don't see it. We don't write it down. So... That evidence for you might be, the evidence for you was actually qualifying. But the evidence yeah. for the dancers might be um, progress in certain stretches and stuff that we do with them or um, writing down positive comments from their teacher or yeah. writing down feedback at a competition from your teacher rather than placements yeah. that are all out of your control. So yeah, having that piece of evidence then, if you go back, it's the it's let's say it's your biggest competition of the year, and you're really, really under pressure and you're wanting to do well, you go and you read that book that's got all those positive comments and you're just showing yourself the evidence that you can allow to be confident. Um, yeah, because I do like a lot of dancers, like I know a lot of dancers who lack so much confidence and they don't need to at all. No. They just need to see it themselves. Like everyone else sees it, but they don't. And it's hard. I understand that it's hard because we're always looking to be better. Always, I think the Irish dance world isn't very good at praising it. No. And that isn't, it's not necessarily that we're choosing to be like that or dancing teachers are mean. It's that they, they, they don't have time to give you a pat on the back every time you do something well. And no. then look, they want impressive. Yeah. And there's always yeah. a time pressure as well. Read between the lines. If your teacher was telling you you need to improve your turnout and they're not telling you that anymore, that's a compliment. A good one. Yeah, that is a compliment. You write it in your book. There's something else. <laughs> You've done that, so we're on to the next thing. <laughs> Whereas they don't have the time to give you that. Well done. You've done really well now on that turnout. It's just on to the next thing. That is your compliment. I didn't even realize that until you've said that, but yeah, that's a hindsight true. Isn't it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because dancers come to me and I'm like, what are you good at? Or what what praise have you had at class this week? And they can't answer me. And I'm like, okay, we've been working on crossover has your teacher mentioned your crossover and then they're like I'm like so it's got better then <laughs> yeah they didn't have to mention it but finding that is hard for dancers but I think once you do find that the confidence comes yeah um, 100% so then talk us through then achieving top 10 in the world how was that how did that come about <laughs> I feel like it was a lot of pressure back then like when I look back on it I was like I was stressed all the time <laughs> like yeah like we only had class like three three classes a week, so but they were intense classes. Like they were three hours long. Like our warm up was like a cart, like a full on like cardio workout. Like, 
you know, for our fitness. And then it was straight into like three, four, five fills, mm-hmm. like, and so on. And, but, um, yeah. yeah, but like, I feel like my, well, my journey from like five years ago mm-hmm. is completely different to what dancers have now. Like, I didn't have personal trainers or nutritionists. Well, we did, but like, not the way they work with you now. Like, we had work, like a couple of workshops, like someone coming in for two hours to talk to you. Yeah. Every so once a year, maybe. Yeah. Whereas there's so much more for dancers, for people to work with, like one-on-one kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I feel like I, like it was me and my dance teacher and that was it. Yeah. Like, do you know? Yeah. So I was doing a lot of, well, I was at class three times a week and then coming up to majors, there would be maybe one or two like private classes. Like stressful because I think I was juggling A levels and competing at the same time. Okay, that is that hard year, isn't it? When you get to that sort of GCSE exams or A levels or whatever the equivalent is, wherever you are in the world, juggling that is really difficult. I think for young minds as well. Like I, I remember up until the worlds, I focused on the worlds, and then after that, but it wasn't enough time for me to focus on my exams. In hindsight. For me and lots of dancers are different in this. My parents were very much like school comes first, dancing mm. second. You have to, if, if you don't do your schoolwork, you can't go to class. That's the way my parents saw it. Young mind don't realize how much they're actually taking on at, yeah. at that point. And what do you think helped you to get through both of those? My like balance between school and dance, like the time ethic, is that the yeah, right word? Like the, the work ethic. Yeah. Like managing my time was like the, was, I was just really good at it. Like made use of all my free periods in school. Like if I could go home early from school, I was going home early to do work. Yeah. And then going to dancing. Like I just always had it. Like my whole week was always planned out and I knew when I was going to do everything. Do you know what I mean? Like that was the main reason how I was able to get through that. Yeah. And I was exactly the same. And I think when you mentioned like the free periods in school, I literally, people used to be like, you going to the library again? And I'm like, yeah, because you know, if I you have to done now, instead of messing about and wasting that time just chatting to my friends, which yeah. is also important too, because as a young person, that is part of your, like, your growth and your development. But yeah, if I could get my homework done then, or a bit of study done then, it would mean that I had an extra time when I got home. Get it all done, make sure it is done so that you can then focus on your dancing. And do you think that that sort of time management now is in your life still? Do you think you... you, Oh, yeah. With you? Yeah. I, well, not I used to be, like, obsessed with managing my time, like, down to the T. Yeah. Like, down to the last minute. I'm not so bad now because I was like, this is a bit obsessive. But definitely organising and planning my week is, like, the whole reason I get through a week. Yeah. Between, like, dancing, going to the gym, going to work, like, I have to have that bit of organization in my life whilst I'm gonna be chaotic I'm not gonna remember anything I have to write everything down like in a diary like so I know what's going on in my life I'm exactly exactly the same people look at my diary and they're like whoa but I'm like that isn't that isn't stressful putting it in there makes it less stressful for me because yes I can see everything I know exactly where I need to be at what time all of those mm-hmm. things. It also means that I can get so much more out of my week. A hundred percent. And you're wasting less time figuring out what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and messing about in between. Um, sure. However, yeah, I am kind of like you, whereas 
I'm feeling every second, whereas sometimes like my plan yeah. for this year is to give myself more space. Give yourself <laughs> so used to having that regimented, right, then I, do, then I do that, then I do this. There's no space to breathe at all. Yeah. It's definitely like that for a while. There is no space. Yeah, I was just thinking there is no space to breathe until the World Championship. But once that is Let's, done, I will be breathing for a little while. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Very good. And how was, was top 10 a goal for you that year? Or was that a bit of a surprise on top of your goal? Yeah. Well, my, my last world, I was, my goal was top five that year. But I didn't have the best of rounds. Right. What was it? I'd stopped in my reel and something else happened. I think I slipped maybe in my hornpipe or something. Right. Like something happened and I was just like, well, this is just the downfall. This isn't going like, to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I just knew it was like, this isn't going to happen. But like, it's, it was never, like, it's not the end of the world. Like I look back on it and I'm just like, I tried my best. Like I'm not, I don't regret anything, do you know? Yeah. Like, I don't do anything about it, you know? Well, exactly. I was just going to say, how did you deal with that disappointment of maybe like aiming for that top five? Was that the last world you said as well? Yeah, that was 20, must've been 2018. Okay. 17, can't remember. See, I was, I think I was 18. Anyway. You had, um. Aiming for top five, knowing it's your last year as well. Yeah. How did... Well, I didn't even know it was my last oh, year, really. No. No. Well, I think I had auditioned for Lord of the Dance in the February and then the Worlds were in the March. Yes. But I don't think I'd heard from, back from them then. You didn't know the plan. Well, I wasn't being Because okay. that's what I was going to say. Sometimes people set their mind on retiring or going off and doing something Literally. different and then their result changes what they actually no. do. Um, I just thought that was an in, that would have been an interesting question. So, how did you feel then when you didn't achieve that your goal? I was a wee bit disheartened. Like I was a bit like, oh, like, but I wasn't overly annoyed at myself because I did I placed the same as the year before, yeah. so I wasn't really disappointed. I was like, at least I'm in the same place. Yes, I'm not worse than what I was. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely I don't like I don't regret. Anything like I still worked hard that year. It was just an unlucky year. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think as well, like when you know there was things within your performance that might have let that down, sometimes that's better than just you've danced really, really well and you still didn't achieve it. Yeah. Sometimes that feels better. How do you think you would have felt if, and this is me now just picking your brains, how do you think you would have felt if you? danced amazing everyone told you you were amazing that was the best I've ever seen you then you got the same place as the year before how do you think that would have affected you differently I think I would definitely be a bit confused like I'd just be like what what am I not doing yeah. that they're looking for yeah you know like like there has been times in my career like competitive career where people have been like you were so good like you were amazing but only got like 10 yeah do you know yeah like oh. I would just be like oh well if people are telling me I'm really good, oh, I'm also going to be do really well. And then it's going to make me think I am going to do well, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. When, when you are up there, we don't get it. You're a bit like, oh, I see dancers struggle with this a lot of the time. What do you think your advice would be to somebody in that position or maybe like prepping for a big major competition? What would you be advice be around sort of managing how you feel? Not managing how you feel, but managing results, basically. Yeah, like, I would take it with a pinch of salt. Like, a mark does not define who you are or who, what how you are as a dancer. Like, it's one place, I mean, out of, like, 
thousands that you're going to get. Do you know what I mean? There's always going to be next year. There's always going to be the next competition. And use it to use it as your next, like, find the fire in your belly with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, use it to be like, oh, well, I can't believe I just got tempted that. Like, I'm not, I'm not having that again. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so you use it to drive yourself. Motivation, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is so true. Like, when you are disappointed or frustrated or all of these things or excited or yeah. like elated, all of those things are emotions, but they also release energy. Yeah, you we can use it. Use where you put that energy then. A hundred percent. Like I remember I was in classes and I'm like, I'm so annoyed that she sent this to me. Like I'm so annoyed that she's telling me that my feet are straight or my carriage is bad or whatever. But like I was literally using that frustration in my dancing. Yes. Rather than throwing your toys out of the pram, marching to the bathroom and crying. <laughs> Which sometimes happens as well, believe me. Yeah. Uh, I've been through that too. It sounds like that, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but learning to channel that energy is what makes the difference between then developing and growing or sort of Boom. staying where we are. And I think that's a really Plus, important message. What do you think has changed? We touched upon it a little bit. But what do you think's changed since when you were competing? Irish dancing has evolved so much in six years. Yeah. Like I've been out of the competition scene for six years. Yeah. And I, at some of these girls and boys on videos or at competitions, I'm like, when I was your age, I'm, I'm like 10 years older than you. I can't do that. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it has evolved so much. Yeah. Like, dancers are so much stronger. Yes. At such a young age. Mm -hmm. Like, they obviously have a lot more knowledge now than what we did. Like, they're obviously looking up for their bodies a lot more. They have probably nutritionists and doctors telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing. Yes. So I do think, well, yes, I know. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, when I was competing, like, yes, you looked after yourself, but you didn't. You didn't have really the guidance on how to. Yeah. Whereas I feel like that's how it's evolved. Like a lot of dancers know how to be warming up properly, how to be cooling down and how to be prepping themselves for a competition. Knowledge and, and that side of things is so much more accessible as well, isn't it? With the likes of social media. Um, like dance message me all the time, like, how can I straighten my knees? There's always a video I can point them to on my social media that can help them straight away. The education is there, isn't it? A little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and whether you can or you can't afford one-to-one -one coaching, there's enough resources out there for free that you can learn that knowledge yourself and put it into place yourself, um, yeah. which we definitely didn't have. You'd have to really okay. buy the Irish Dancing Magazine and read it from cover to cover to read it, yeah. piece of knowledge. And that's that was difficult for me. I don't, I'm not a reader. So now for me to get, something off that piece of paper that was going to help me would be really difficult. Um, yeah. Whereas even the Irish Dancing Magazine now, you've got your online version, you've got your social, like the social media versions as well, where you've got snippets of the information they're sharing. So yeah, I think there's, there's definitely a lot more resources out there to help. And then touching upon dancers being stronger, younger, that is great and amazing. But if they don't do the things they need to be doing in terms of flexibility and mobility what I'm seeing from like the coaching side of things and the movement side of things is dancers then are really good when they're younger and you can probably give a few different examples in your own minds everybody listening they're really good when they're younger and then they hit that level where everybody else surpasses them 
And it's usually because they've been so strong, their muscles are so advanced, then their body grows and they can't handle the growth. You think you can't keep up, yeah? So people feel stretching is for when you're older, but actually it needs to be such a vital part of your whole entire competitive career. 100%, yeah. And the, the... the sooner you do it and the, the sooner you make it just a regular part of your routine, the, the better you're going to be more long-term. And also, when you're 32 like me, you'll be able to walk very easily. <laughs> Believe me, you might not care about it now, but you will in the future. Talk to me about the All Islands then. The All Islands is coming up. We've had our masterclass and we just spoke about sort of how different it is as a competition. What is your experience of the All Island Championships? The All-Irelands are one of my favourite competitions. Same. Like, still. Like, there's just always such a good buzz about it. Like, and I feel like a lot of people did kind of, well, I don't know if this is true or not, but I kind of treated it like a little mini world. Yes. Because it was so close to the world and, like, a lot of people flew over for the All-Irelands. Yes. It was a slight indication of how you were going to do. Yes. Like, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah. But I love it because it's suitable for everyone. Like, even if you're not, completely at that like recall level yeah you have your like the solo recalls and that's a great like indication on how you're doing like with every round that you're doing you know what I mean yeah like if you're recalling for your light round but not recalling for your heavy round that shows you oh I need to work a little bit more on my heavy round yeah I like that do you know yeah definitely yes I do definitely I think it's it definitely caters everyone yeah it's a good competition and like I say it's actually the biggest competition isn't it in the CLA the yeah. LRG world because you can dance there at any age with within reason, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and yeah. also, um, you don't have to qualify. So if you are looking what? to qualify in the future for a world championship, then it's a really good to start at the All Islands getting that big competition experience, feeling the feeling the um what's the word I'm looking for? Like the big hay feeling, that big event feeling. Um, but I love that the All Ireland first major again. Like oh, the All Ireland was my first major that I ever did when I was like ten. Whoa, that's a bit yeah. Yeah, feels big, doesn't it? When you go there, I don't remember. Like it wasn't a good memory at all. Like every third dancer would come on and was like throwing up. Oh really? Like it was so bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Well, that was like twenty years. Oh, I don't really remember. So I would have gone that same year, like under under ten. I went and. Then before qualifying year, I really don't have no memory. And sometimes I sit and think about these young dancers that put themselves through all this stress, and I'm like, this won't you won't even remember this really vividly when you're older. Like, why are we? I only remember that. Yeah, (laughs) because of some sort of traumatic experience. (laughs) It was traumatic. Like everyone, like after every three, it was somebody. Like it was. Oh no, it's that age, isn't it? And like that feeling of. The big day. They're just so like nervous and scared. Like I don't know if that happens now, but oh my gosh, oh, no. it shouldn't happen now because we've all hopefully got some sort of tools or someone to help us with managing that. But yeah, um, tell me about then. What do you think before we move on to talking about sort of where you're at now with professional dancing and that side of things? What do you think is the most important message you would like to give to Irish dancers that are competing now from your experience? Don't take it so personally. Like, I only really realized that when I stepped away from competitive yeah. dancing, like, 
a result does not define who you are like I know I've said it before but don't let it define who you are like just embrace it like enjoy every minute get up there on the stage give it your all leave it all on the stage yeah and then when you come back down you can't work don't worry about it like it's done now you can't control what the judges are going to do if you can't control it don't worry about it it's a waste of time my dad's favorite I love that saying my dad always says if you don't like it change it and if you can't change it change your attitude and if it's 100% out of your control there's no point in wasting energy we spoke about energy earlier the whole point of enjoying it and I talk to dancers a lot of the time and and like you said don't let that be who you are don't let that what word did you use? Define, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Don't let that define who you are. I always say, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen today? Right? And then they tell me, oh, I don't I don't recall or I don't. Okay. Are you still going to wake up tomorrow and have fun with your friends? Yeah. Are you still going to wake up tomorrow and be loved by your parents or your family? Yes. Are you going to go back to dancing? And still work hard and work towards your next goal. Yes. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen is you might feel a little bit disappointed on the day. That's okay. And use that disappointment as well. Use that to as your motivation. Don't let it get you down. But like, obviously you can cry about it for five minutes. Yeah. But like, don't let it take over your whole life, do yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, worse things in the world than a bad placement. Exactly. Do you know? And that doesn't like... I've spoken about this as well lots of times before. That doesn't mean that you can't be disappointed. We're not saying don't be disappointed. Be disappointed. Feel the feelings that come up for you. Explain them, share them, and then choose to move forwards. And remember that it's just Irish dancing. You love it because you love dancing, not because of the medals and the sashes or the placements. You love it because you love to dance. You didn't start Irish Mm -hmm. dancing because of medals you didn't keep Irish dancing when you first started because of medals and placements. So do it because you love it and these things are the cherries that are, that come on top. Yeah, they are. They're just like the little bonuses that come with it. Yeah, 100%. So, 100%. Talk to me about shows then. Was it always your goal to be in a show? When did that seem like it could be a reality for you? Um, I, I wasn't really like, I feel like everything I say is like, Oh, we didn't really know it was going to happen. But like my dance teacher had sent me an advertisement. It must have been like around Christmas time. And she was like, oh, I think you should audition for this. And it was an audition for Lord of the Dance. Uh-huh. And that took place after the All-Ireland in Killarney. Right. I was like, oh, right, okay. So I like got learning the steps or whatever. And then competed at the All-Irelands that year and got third and that was the best I'd ever done and I was like really on a high from it and I was like love that this is really really good yeah so then the next it was literally the following day I was doing the audition for Lord of the Dance and had obviously learned all the choreography that I needed to and the audition went really really well like I wasn't really didn't really know what to expect yeah. like not how I was going to get anything out of it but at least I was going to get a bit of experience from it so did the audition and at the end of the day Tom had brought me up and a couple of other girls to ask like our availability and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, Oh, well, I'm still in school. <laughs> like, I was like, I'll be done in the next six months or whatever. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like we'll, we'll keep you in mind. And then I think it was, so that was in the February. And then I think it might've been like May time. I got a, an email to say, well, invite me to my first tour in Canada. July and so Canada. 
Yeah, it was in um, Niagara Falls. So literally when I seen the email, I literally dropped my phone out of my hand. I was like, what? Like, uh, did not think that was going to happen, but so nice. Yeah, and then I got really... It was well after such a, a bit of time as well in between. It was a bit more of a shock. It's not like you were waiting around for that email, I suppose. Well, I wasn't waiting for it, like, because I knew I had my exams and stuff. So I was more focused on that because the world, obviously the world's were at the Easter and then I was like, right, it's time to settle down into the exams. Yeah. And then literally as I was starting the exams, I got the message and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I gotta get through these exams now because I just want to go away. I just want to go right now. <laughs> yeah. And how nice did it feel that you had that to look forward to at the end of the exam? That was quite I nice. know, yeah. When did you head off then? So I went in the July, so I finished my exams in the June. And then went the next month. And it was actually it was my 19th birthday on my first year. Oh my goodness. Maybe. Um, and how was, how did you find that transition then from like the competitive world into the show world? Was that natural for you? Or how did you find that? I find it really scary. Like I felt like I was completely out of my comfort zone. Like, because back then when I joined, like everyone was a lot, well, I felt like everyone was a lot older. Yeah. Like okay. there's only me and maybe a couple other girls here around 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like mid-20s, late 20s. Yeah. It's a bit like, oh, I don't know if I belong here kind of thing. Yeah. But then once you settled in, had, I had some help from Connor Smith actually beforehand. Oh, good old Con. Like, I know, because he's from New Lords as well. So he helped me with like the numbers and stuff. So I was well prepared. That's good. When I went out. Oh, well. All went smooth. It all went smoothly. Yeah, and being prepared. I think if you're gonna listen to advice for going into a show, um, being prepared and knowing as much as you can before you arrive is number one, great for you because you will feel less stressed when you arrive. But also it shows your interest, it shows you want to be there, it shows that you value this position from somebody that that hires dancers for professional shows as well. That is what you're looking for. You're looking for someone that will just blend straight in. And it's difficult to think about that, I think, from a young dancer perspective. You kind of used to being, not babied, but you used to being told what to do, looked after. You have to, it's almost going from school to university. That same thing. It's like you have to take everything on now and be responsible for yourself. Now you do. And And I learned so much from that. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like in the click of a finger. I went from competing similar to you at the World Championships in the April and being on tour in the October. And in that space of time, you almost just have to grow up. You do. I feel like I came back so much more independent. Yes. Which isn't a bad like, thing at all. It's such a good thing. It teaches you such good qualities for your future as well, being in it being on tour. It is similar to that was my university. And I suppose yours probably the same. Oh, that's where I was, yeah. If you're 19 and that's your first experience of, of the world on your own, basically, you are learning to manage things, get through bad days, good days on your own, being away from home, all of those things. So as much as it's an incredible experience, it's also a really valuable one as well um, for your future. Yeah. Um, Tell me about becoming a lead dancer then in Lord of the Dance. I think it was like, this is a long process. Like I was asked to learn good girl. On the American tour, which was in 2018. Right. I got a load of help from like the dance captains and everything, like making up my routines mm-hmm. and like, uh, um, yeah, 
but it just wasn't really coming natural at all. Like I just felt like it wasn't coming naturally to me at all. Like going from a backline dancer to a lead dancer is another big jump. Yeah. Like you don't realize how much you need to like interact with the audience and act and use your face and use your arms even a bit more like yeah. other parts of your body. So I learned a lot. Like I developed so much as a dancer learning that the lead role. role. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pr learning this for a while and like maybe a year or two and then uh, one of the dance captains came up to me and he was like look like I just don't think this is suited for you so we want you to look a bad girl and I was like well okay like but I was like anyway that was the least of my worries I was like right okay and I'd made up the routine in like less than a week whereas right. when I was make up good girl it was it just wasn't it wasn't your style it just wasn't I couldn't do it well not that I couldn't do it but I was just struggling it to wasn't, do it it wasn't as natural for you yeah it wasn't and then when I made up the, the background I was like it was literally just came to me like that um and then I'd done I just I went to the dance captain and I was like oh I've finished my routine and they're like oh right well right we'll see it then and I did it and they're like that is so much more suited to like your style no. of dancing yeah and I, was like, I think you're right <laughs> um Train for Good Girl, 2018, and then it must have been 2019, 2020 that they asked me to train, change to Bad Girl. Yeah. So then we were on tour in Germany when we were like finalizing everything and Cairo was meant to be going up to do her first lead. Right. Um, COVID happened. Done it by then. I still hadn't done it. So I was just, I was literally burning inside. Like I really, really wanted to do this. Yeah. And then COVID happened, so never got to do it. Oh. And then you can see all the emotions of, oh, like, am I going to be asked back into the show? Am I ever going to get to do this? All was in my my mind. But I didn't let it stop me. Do you know? Yeah. When I used my time so well over lockdown, I feel like I was always preparing myself for mm -hmm. them auditions and making sure I had both good and bad. Ready. Prepared. Yeah, ready. Like, I was making sure my fitness was up and I was dancing literally like three, four, five times a week because obviously you had so much time. So yeah. I was like, as well use this time while I have it. Yeah, exactly. You know, when else am I going to have all this spare time? time to focus on just that I one. really develop as a dancer in lockdown. Like my mindset completely flipped. Right. Like I know a lot of people struggled where they're like, oh, like didn't really enjoy lockdown or struggled with it. I was the complete struggled with the fact that there wasn't an, a definite end goal yeah. uh -huh. whereas I seen it as I had so much time to mm -hmm. use so I used it wisely kind of thing like my, yeah. like I'm not joking when I say my mindset literally did a 360 explain that to us where do you think you were mindset wise previous to that and what what was the difference I feel like because before COVID I didn't know well I was going to do it anyway yeah so then when I came, when it happened, when COVID happened, I was a bit like, why should this stop me from practicing this? Me almost. Yeah, it won't stop me. Like, there's gonna, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I always say that. So why, why just, move? I can't move around anyway, but like, why move around about it? I just, like, get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that yeah. literally got me through lockdown was practicing for them leads. And staying and in fitness, like staying fit. Yeah, and in two ways, it's quite interesting because 
that's what got you through lockdown, like having that focus and something to perfect and something to get better at. Or, but then also it flipped and at coming out the other end of lockdown, then it also just progressed and sort of catapulted you forwards so yeah. much because you'd done that consistent groundwork almost. And you were happier in two ways then because of those actions. So then we get out of lockdown. Got out of lockdown and Lord of the Dance had rehearsals for their new show. Yes. I ran what happened, look, Feet of Flames, but I had COVID. Oh. I didn't get to do it actually. That's where I was supposed to do my first lead. Oh. Yeah, so that was in the, it must have been the, the January. Right. So we were kind of COVID for a little bit. Um, had done all the rehearsals and Michael had asked me to do Good Girl. So Is then it? I was supposed to do my first lead in Taiwan at Feet of Flames in 20, yeah. 2021, maybe. Yeah. And then, so obviously missed out on that. It was that I've never been so... Oh, upset that was my whole life like because yeah, obviously I can't say anything about it like I had COVID but the worst thing about it was I had no symptoms yeah that's no- even worse isn't it because you're like if you at least feel unwell you're like oh I couldn't think of doing that yeah, anyway no. right. I literally was asymptomatic I had no symptoms whatsoever so you're like, like I literally spring girl. out of the bed and do it that'll be fine I was still going to the gym and I was still in here practicing every oh, day oh that's <laughs> yeah oh well um, oh well, yeah, he had sell the tail. And then, so the UK tour happened, and um, we were in the Apollo in London. Nice. Bill was there for the first couple of shows, so we had a, like a celebratory drink party thing. Did the opening night, and Michael came up to me and he was like, "I want you to dance, good girl, tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Okay," like. Un, not unprepared, but like wasn't expecting to be doing it in London, like in the Apollo. Yeah, what an incredible oh, place. Yeah. So I was, obviously, I was so grateful for the opportunity, but I was petrified. Like, I was so scared. I, when I finished that show, I was like, I never want to do that again. I was so stressed out. <laughs> but like, that feeling of just like being on edge consistently. Yeah, I was literally on edge. Like, I felt like I had an outer body experience. Like, I could see myself dancing. It was so weird. Yeah. But like, also, like, I still remember it, you know? It so, was so well, good. Yeah. And my sister and my dance teacher surprised me to come and watch it as well. So I didn't know oh, they were in the oh, until that's so nice. I think my dance teacher had sent one of my friends a selfie. And then they're like, don't show her this until the end. So before I went on for finale, this, they, my friend showed me the selfie. And I was like, no way. I was oh, like, this in my eyes like it was really good memory yeah and that is so nice and look at that like so worth the wait oh 100 percent, so worth and it's there could have been so many times along that way that you thought right this obviously isn't for me and i want to give up and i kind of got to that point in my it's interesting hearing all the different stories of how people become lead dancers in shows because i think lots of dancers think it's just one set way for everybody um, yeah. I was speaking to Rachel O'Meara on last week's episode oh, yeah. and her her journey was so different. She arrived and was almost like a week and a bit in and, with, and next minute was learning lead and did it within such a short period. And yeah. that was because of the time period we were in. So I think it's really interesting to hear the different journeys and know that yeah. consistency, persistence, determination, all of those things, getting through the hurdles that are put in your way um, are so important. Competitively, so, 
and also in that sort of professional area as well. I just find all the journeys so interesting because no and two journeys are the same. Yeah. Tell me then, how do you find since sort of lockdown and a few bits here and there when you're home from tour, you help us out at Move with Meg? I do. So how do you find coaching the classes? What do you like about it? Which is your favorite class? Talk us through that a little bit. I love coaching with Move with Meg. Like, um, obviously getting to work with so many different dancers, it's always something that I've wanted to do, whether it was like teaching or workshops or whatever. So like working closely with dancers is something I've always wanted to do. Um, and I love hearing like their feedback and stuff after each um, live class that we do, whether they liked it and didn't like it or, but yeah, it's, and it's, it's so good to have this kind of platform because when I was dancing, this wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. But being able to help these dancers in a way that I didn't get. Yes. So, it's so nice to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we always talk about that. It's like, why did, why did you create Moving Meg? Well, number one, it was a little bit of an accident. But number two, it's like, I wanted to give dancers something I didn't have or something I felt I needed yeah. when I was dancing. Whether that's in terms of like helping you understand your body so you can improve or helping you understand your mindset so you can improve. Giving you a, a nice, safe, um, supportive environment where you can share your so wins. Yeah. yeah. Having that support. Energy. How cute is like the energy in the gold club when you're like, you've got a class, the chat's popping off and, and everyone. And you have all the little fire emojis and I'm like, oh, and that is, that is love loving the it. Emojis. Love the emoji. Yeah. And I love logging on. And when I see everyone having a little chat before the class has started. Yeah, yeah. I how had that response, like, hi, are you? And I was like, oh, that's so lovely. That, like, there's just such a nice community. Like, isn't it cute? You know, see each other face to face. Like, they're so interacting with each other you know like everyone's there for each other as well which is so nice and then the best is when i randomly get a little message wherever it's like a picture of two kids from different schools that have like met for the first time at a fest i'm like i'm all so nice definitely brings the whole community closer as well yeah and that's it it's like making it a nicer place obviously there's lots of and irish dancing is an incredibly nice place but there is some elements of it that maybe I don't necessarily like too much. We won't go too much into detail there. Um, but I think people can read between the lines. There's areas of it that just, it's a children's sport at the end yeah. of the day. It's supposed to be, we love Irish dancing. We're a nice community. So having support from everyone around you and, and having a nice environment to feel vulnerable, to feel like you can explain that you were disappointed and you don't know how to handle that. All of those things, that's something I really, really missed when I was dancing um, and still struggle with today because I missed them when I was dancing. So I think if I can facilitate that space for dancers um, and even parents, lots of we've got our um, Facebook uh, group, our Facebook community for parents and teachers because there's lots of parents out there that they don't know anything about Irish dancing. They go into this crazy world Teachers aren't don't have time to accommodate and babysit you through that journey. So we've sort mm-hmm. of tried to create a nice community for that as well and supporting yeah, so good. parents through and and knowing what to say to your dancer if they are disappointed and knowing mm-hmm. what to say to your dancer if um they hope to be higher or all of those things. If yeah. we can help a little bit, then we're we're happy. <laughs> 
Yeah, it makes their life so much easier too, knowing that they have that little bit of support as well. 100% instead of like them stressing out about it, there's somewhere to go where either someone's asked the question before or you can ask the question and get a direct response from somebody that's been there or someone that's experienced it before, which is nice. Finally, what are your plans for the future then? Okay, within Irish dancing, do you want to be something completely different? Have you got any plans, goals, aims? I think I'll always be a part of Irish dancing. Like, I think it's just always something that's going to be in my life. Like, whether it's through teaching or PTing or like having kids that are going to like, if I have kids, they'll probably be brought into Irish dancing. Yeah. You know, like, even though it's a crazy, crazy world, but this teaches you so much. Like, I've learned so much from Irish dancing. Yeah. And I, I just think it would be a waste if they didn't. But goals for this after. I'm going to Australia. That's exciting. Like, because I've only really done Lord of the Dance mainly for five and a bit years. I've done the odd different show for like here and there, like Magic and um, A Taste of Ireland. But I'm doing a longer tour with A Taste of Ireland. That's um, exciting. Yeah around Australia and New Zealand for six months so I'm really excited for that really excited location yeah location yeah but I'm a wee bit scared like obviously leaving family and stuff behind but it's not it's gonna fly in it's gonna be fine yeah it will and you'll have you'll be doing so much and enjoying yourself that you won't even notice I know 100% so yeah I'm gonna be doing that um and then I have my personal training so um hopefully get into a bit of that Let's move it, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I'm wanting to do like a nutrition uh, course as well, just to like tie it all together. Nice. So I'll get that done this year, next year. Hopefully there we go, Yeah. Um, I think there's space for that as well within um mm. within people ask me lots of nutrition questions, and I know mm. a very basic level. I obviously yeah. know, and from my advice usually is. Everybody is different. You have to practice it and try what works for you. Obviously, there's the very basic of what I know, like you need to be drinking more water and those sorts of things. Yeah, I think there's definitely a a big space for like that for nutrition for young athletes. I think people don't realize how much of an impact your diet has on your performance levels. Like it really, really does. And I didn't really realize this until I was older as well. Oh, well, I notice it hugely within my like high rocks competing. I know mm-hmm. if I haven't eaten well in the run up to that event, I know I can't possibly be my best. Mm-hmm. So, Can yeah, you? it's really important. Um, but yeah, 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 do a bit of PTN, maybe do a bit more touring. We'll see. It's all a bit open ended, I think. All a bit like the, the rest of your life, like no, no set goals. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, literally, I feel like your whole life has been like, um, set on like doing well at competitions and then going to the order of the dance and then like training for a lead and then like so everything. Quite happy to just, yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Just let it. Let's see let what happens. Years, like, like I have a couple of different roads I can go down. Let's just see. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, do you know? Like, yeah, and that's the best I think that's the best way because there's no pressure, there's no force, and what will be will be. 100% what will be will be. Yeah. And so it can always change. They always say it. Yeah, that it will, it will, it will. Yeah. I like it. 
finally then, last piece of advice. If you had one piece of advice that you could give an Irish dancer stood right in front of you right now. Given 100%, it's not always going to feel 100% every day. So like, you can maybe give 100% in class today, but tomorrow you might only feel like you can give 50%. But like, that is still 100%. Do you know what I mean? So don't fool. Every day is 100% is different. Yeah. Every day feels different. Yeah. So don't feel bad if you have days where you're like, oh, I feel like I can't dance, like I'm a bit tired today, but like you're still giving as much as you can. So don't put yourself down about it. Just stay consistent and trust the process. I love that. And that's kind of fits into that. Um, there's like a rule where it's like the 33% rule and they say mm. you have 33% good training days, mm. 33% bad training days where you feel like you're not getting anything out of it. And then 33% like average. You can't have a, the best day ever every single day. Otherwise, it wouldn't ever be a best day ever. Yeah, 100%. Like your, prog like your progress to success isn't going to just be a straight line off. Yeah. It's going to up and down. Like you're going to have your up days and your down days. Like yes. to just ride the wave and trust the process. And trust the process is so right. And consistency really is the key. I've got dancers that have worked with us for years and years and they're only just getting to that point now, but it's because they never stopped and the consistency yep. has always like been there. You're not going to see the result overnight. Yeah. You know? You just and have along, to along with that comes like enjoying the process. If you all, the people that aren't consistent are the ones that don't love the process and they just want the result. Whereas if you find love and joy in the process of actually going to class and enjoying working hard and enjoying perfecting your steps and enjoying that horrible feeling at the end of a workout when you're like, Ugh. but then you like feel that little buzz of energy. Yeah. You learn to enjoy that, the results will come. Yeah, 100%. 100% right. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. I think that's, that's been a bit of a whirlwind and a roller coaster. I feel like through now. I know, it was great though. Good, but I think there's been a lot there that lots of dancers can take away. Um, I hope so, whether, yeah. Whether it be in terms of competing or like futures in being prepared for auditioning for shows, all of that, I feel like we've touched upon a lot that is useful. So thank you so much. Thanks and for having me. Look out for Lauren on some classes this week in the Gold Club. Yes. Or last week in the Gold Club. I've, I've oh, never yeah. <laughs> So keep your eyes out for Lauren in the Gold Club teaching our classes and she will be back very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time.